Welcome to the Reclaim Your A-Game podcast. I'm your host, Christine Franklin, and I've been thinking a lot about the effect of technology on our lives. Any online entrepreneur will tell you tech can be both a friend and a foe. Believe me, I fully concur. And what has been on my mind goes far beyond the unpredictable nature of technology. While we're living in a borderless digital world that's brimming with more opportunity than ever before, How we use devices is worthy of some attention if the value we place on our health and well-being is equal to or surpasses the premium we place on traditional notions of success. How we choose to use our digital devices is completely up to us. Don't you agree? And for those of us who want to conserve or increase our mental and physical energy so we have it at our disposal when we need it most, It is absolutely vital to be intentional about how we experience the digital world. Do we immerse ourselves in it? And if we do, will it be to our detriment? Let's take a closer look. Working on the computer or surfing the net on any device, whether our computer, tablet or phone, are commonplace activities in our modern era. And we also tend to scroll through social media while liking and commenting away. And then there's watching TV and playing video games and using virtual reality gaming devices like the popular Oculus. So, you know, oh my gosh, just as I'm listing these, I'm already starting to feel overwhelmed. You may have heard about the potential negative effects of blue light on sleep. Exposure to light, especially blue light at night, suppresses the secretion of melatonin which is a hormone that influences each person's circadian rhythm. What exactly is meant by the term circadian rhythm? Well, every 24 hours, we go through a sleep-wake cycle, and our circadian rhythm regulates this cycle. If this rhythm is thrown off, and we end up with too few hours of sleep or poor quality sleep, we are at greater risk of developing obesity, diabetes, or heart disease. As if that's not enough, a study by researchers at Oregon State University found that exposure to blue light from screens may accelerate the aging process. Well, I certainly don't want to age faster. Do you? And, you know, fortunately, most devices now have blue light filters or options to turn off blue light. And of course, there's the recommendation to avoid looking at bright screens at least an hour or two before bed. How does that sound to you? Impossible? Don't worry, we'll come back to the subject of wind down routines in a future episode. And this is all part of this digital wellness series that I'm going to be continuing with. So listen out for that. Even with the blue light turned off, Using your phone at bedtime or keeping it close by while you sleep can definitely be a harmful habit. Let me explain why. Cell phones give off radio frequency waves, which we're exposed to when we have a phone close to our body. Worse yet, our head. And it gets even worse if we sleep with the cell phone near our pillow or on a bedside table. While studies that have been done so far cannot say for sure, yes, you will develop a brain tumor, If you keep your phone close to your head, I certainly don't plan to be a human guinea pig testing the results of this type of exposure over time. 
The fact that the concern has been raised and there's a possible link between these radio frequency waves and cancer is enough for me to design my life in a way that promotes choosing what I know is good for my health rather than hoping that I'm not harming myself. What is found in nature is and will always be my benchmark. Even the WHO in 2011 warned about the potential carcinogenic effects of cell phone use close to the body. Regardless of the level of cancer risk, research has found that the radiation that is transmitted by cell phones can lead to negative impacts on our central nervous system, as well as headaches and can cause muscle pains and other health issues. Now, if these phones are kept close to the head for prolonged periods, these are the types of issues that we can expect to have resulting. Bottom line, better safe than sorry. Limit your use of your mobile overall. Use speakerphone whenever you can. Make use of your phone's blue light filter and its do not disturb mode or night mode. I think the bedtime mode on my phone is actually its best feature. Remember to set a time one or two hours before bed so you don't go to bed feeling overstimulated by the content you take in before going to sleep. And whether that content upsets you or gets you all revved up and excited, any intense emotion can lead to insomnia or less restful sleep. If you've been feeling fatigued and can't figure out why, your cell phone use may be the one factor that you haven't thought of. It's best to keep the phone in a different room when you're heading to bed, or if you must have it in your bedroom, put it on airplane mode. Remember, your health is at stake here. How you feel every day is up to you. And it's important to think about how we're using our cell phones, not only the phone, but or all our digital devices. One important reason is avoiding weight gain and obesity. Think about the fact that it's easy to overeat as you sit and mindlessly munch on junk food while binging on Netflix. And what about regular movement throughout the day and physical activity that gets our heart rate up? How much of that do we get when we're sitting, plowing through work on our computers all day and add Zoom meetings to the mix? Speaking of Zoom meetings, what's up with the three-hour virtual events where you're asked to keep your camera on the whole time? Guess whose chair will be empty for at least part of that time? I actually attend, you know, very few of those meetings. And if I ever attend one ever again in life, for sure, my chair will be empty for at least part of the time. If you're the one scheduling video meetings or Zoom meetings, make sure you keep each one to a limited duration and build in time between your video calls to get away from the computer or phone screen and move around. There are so many reasons this is important. Let me share a few with you. You may have seen assurances that the blue light emitted by digital screens is not innately harmful to our eyes. The real problem is said to occur when the sun goes down and our bodies expect us to be surrounded by darkness as we prepare to sleep. The thing that is not said enough is that many computer monitors use pulse width modulation to turn your screen's brightness up or down depending on the brightness of the room. In this process, your backlight turns on and off quickly at a steady frequency, meaning that the screen flickers at a rate that's so fast, it is imperceptible to the human eye. 
This makes your pupils move rapidly from a larger to smaller size, back and forth, causing a host of eye issues like eye strain and eye fatigue. The partially good news is that they're flicker-free monitors, but not all of these are created equal. Those that shorten the period between the on and off states of the backlight may give a false impression that the flicker has been eliminated. Meanwhile, at a minimum, you're getting the same level of eye damage because your pupils are being forced to adjust now at a faster rate. So now you know why your eyes feel tired when you stare at a computer for a long time. So let's look at how our brains are affected. Starting with those commonplace Zoom calls or other video calls, let's talk about that long duration of close-up eye contact that happens during those calls. This is extremely intense and totally unnatural. And thinking about the huge size of the faces on the screen, if we're in full screen mode on a sizable monitor, a mode that I actually don't recommend, then you're looking at faces that are a size that you wouldn't see in real life. And you're looking at these faces even when you aren't speaking. If someone's face were this close to us in real life, we would experience the intense emotions associated with either the conflict or serious intimacy that's about to happen. That's the level of intensity our brains are quietly dealing with when we're on video calls. And then there's the fatiguing experience of essentially having a mirror held up to your face the whole time. You don't walk around staring at yourself every time you speak with someone and you're trying to focus on what is being said and give feedback, make decisions and so on. This simply doesn't happen in real world situations and our brains find it stressful. As if all this isn't enough, when we're on video calls, we have to work much harder to be conscious of the signals or nonverbal communication may be sending without full context. Think of how it looks on camera when someone turns away from the conversation and we can't see what's happening to draw their attention away. So our minds fill in the blanks. And gestures may be misinterpreted or missed if you don't work harder to make them clear. That cognitive load on our brains is therefore much higher in these settings than they would be in face-to-face -face interactions. Trust me, audio-only attendance feels like a lifesaver to our poor brains when we're on Zoom and so on. So what's the effect of all this stress on the brain? Studies have found that brain atrophy may occur as a result. This means that an area of your brain may have shrunk. Essentially, you've lost some neurons and the connections between them. Research has shown this may happen particularly in the parts of the brain that control impulses and also those that allow us to plan and organize and feel compassion and express empathy. When the connections in our brains are damaged, it slows down our thinking and processing ability. This is exactly the opposite of what any ambitious entrepreneur or executive needs. What's more, when we spend our days constantly task switching between the work we're trying to get done and ever-present notifications, of course this disrupts our ability to focus and be truly productive. It has been found that just having your phone nearby causes mental strain. 
believe it or not, it takes mental effort to resist the impulse to check on what has dropped in on our phone since the last time we looked at it. The solution? Keep your phone in another room when you need to focus and finally get your most important task done. Speaking of focus, let's shine a light on what exactly you can do to protect your physical and mental health and your physical and mental energy as we seem to be increasingly immersed in, an, in the digital world. One, create a wind down routine that starts an hour or two before bedtime during which you won't look at any screens, not even a TV. Two, ensure your bedroom is device free, meaning there's not even a TV in it. So you can make it conducive to sleep and the room should also be dark at bedtime. Three, when you wake up, set an intention to keep moving throughout the day. Set a timer or an alarm if you need a reminder to get up and stretch and walk around every 30 minutes or at least 45 minutes. Four, look away from the screen frequently. At least every 20 minutes, look away for no less than 20 seconds. Think 2020, like 2020 vision. Five, limit cell phone use, especially close to the body and keep your phone in a different room when you need to focus. And finally, keep Zoom calls or any type of video calls limited. Limited in terms of duration and frequency. Opt for audio only whenever possible and ensure you get up every 30 to 45 minutes. Technology offers many conveniences and opportunities, yet let's use it intentionally when it's critical or clearly advantageous and then get outside or spend time with your family and friends. What could be better than thriving as we do what we love and staying deeply connected with those we love? If you've found this episode helpful, please do share it and subscribe so you don't miss the coming episodes where I'll consistently share the best ways to have a truly fulfilling and vibrant life. Until next time, this is Christine Franklin saying, have a powerful day.